0: I first want to address the elephant in the room. It's a big elephant. Do you see it? Am I on? No. A big elephant. So last week at this time, I would say the median age was about 65. Today, it's probably about 40. So. To all of our young people uh, with rhyme and all that, thank you, thank you. We need you here every Sunday, not just because of age, but because you need us and we need you. So we're a family. We have to depend on one another to grow in our faith. And I'm glad you're here today because the topic is, and get a little drum roll, sin. Sin, your favorite topic, my favorite topic. And uh, sin spelled backwards is N-I-S, nis, which means nothing. (laughs) But sin means a lot. And really, we're here today because of sin. I mean, that's why we're here. Because we acknowledge our sinfulness and our need for reconciliation with God and forgiveness. Because if you remember my very first homily, and if you want to review it, you can go on my website, listen to it. My first homily dealt with the story in the Bible, which is our story. It's all of our story, and it's not a dead story, it's a living story. So when we read scriptures, we're supposed to be thinking, geez, you know, I was just like Abraham there, or I was just like David, or I was like Jeremiah, or whatever, because What's in the scriptures is about us and to help us to be who we are called to be, children of God. So if you remember the very beginning of the story in the very first book, Genesis, God created the world and it was wonderful, right? And where were Adam and Eve living? In Eden? What a joy. But what happened? They sinned. They disobeyed God they in their pride and arrogance said, we can do it ourselves. They couldn't. We can't. So because they were kicked out of Eden, we still today have to deal with temptation and fear, anxiety, even though the good news is that through his death and resurrection, Jesus Christ, God the Son, destroyed once and for all the power of sin and death. So that, that we, we need to remember that and to be able to share that with others because that is the good news that we have been given to live ourselves and to let other people know about. So what does that mean practically? It means practically none of us ever have to sin. None of us ever have to sin. That's what Jesus did for us. He loved us so much God became a human being, suffered a horrible death, rose from the dead to destroy the power of sin and death. And we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear death. Because again, Jesus says, keep your eyes fixed on me, follow in my path. Now the problem that we get into is we start sitting. We consciously say, yeah, I know God says no to this, the church says you're not supposed to do that, or you're supposed to do this and we don't, we fall into sin and then we do another one and then we do another one. And then before we know it, we're deeply focused on vice, which is a bad habit. That's really what it is. It's a habit of sin. Now, we're not gonna get into heaven with that. Okay, we can't, I mean, Jesus says that. Jesus says, look, I've done everything for you, but now, as my brothers and sisters, what do you want? And are you willing to do what is good to avoid sin? So, how many of you want to go to heaven someday? If anybody doesn't raise their hands, look out. You better move your chair. But that's what God wants for us, okay? But again, to be honest, it's not automatic. Because in baptism, and just about everybody here has been baptism, baptized. We have been purchased by God. We belong to him. So really, what we're supposed to say every day, geez, not my will. I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. But God says, no. Do I love God enough and trust God enough to do his will? Even though everybody else is doing X, Y, and Z, I want to do what God tells me to do Because that's how we grow in holiness, and that's how we grab other people to the Lord, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. If people see us sinning, not doing what we say we believe in and what we should be doing, what are they going to say? Uh, Christians are hypocrites. Well, we are hypocrites, but hopefully we know that, and we want to get beyond it. So sin is a conscious desire and action to go against God, to be disobedient. Okay, we all have to face that, we're all tempted. To so the day we die, we're gonna be tempted. But again, because of the power of God in our lives, the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't have to worry about that because if we sin, we go to God, we have the sacrament of penance, we go to God and say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done. I will work to do better. And God's always willing to forgive us. That was the first reading from wisdom. It says, God's patient. He's merciful. He moves us a little bit each day. But if we're not listening to him, we're not gonna be moving. We're gonna get stuck more and more in sin. In fact, I used this analogy last night and Sister Sheila said she never heard it used. But I think it's a good analogy. Sin is like tooth decay. How many of you like to go to the dentist? Yeah, nobody likes to go but if you didn't go what would happen to your teeth that's sin it's decay now we don't see it other people may see it in our actions in our lives in our lies in our deceptions but that's what sin can do to us and one of the things i hear again and again in confession and as a professional forgiver i think oh boy they go, and, and someone will, I might say, and of course the usual sins. I'm thinking, like what? <laughs> but they're thinking minor sins, and therefore they don't have to deal with them. Well, that's like tooth decay. It's like not brushing your teeth. You let those little things go on, and before you know it, you got more decay. That's not what God wants for us. That's not what God wants. And again, the way of the Lord, in one sense, is extremely simple and straightforward. It is. We know it all. God has revealed it to us through the church. We know if we want to be saved and save other people, we do X, Y, and Z, and we don't do X, Y, and Z. The temptation today, because of social media, is all everybody saying, Oh, wait a minute. You want to be who you really are or you wanna be fulfilled, or you wanna be able to follow your desires, and it doesn't matter what other people say. Well, that's not Jesus Christ. Jesus has said to us, you wanna follow me, you gotta pick up your cross. And that's a heavy thing. And it also means letting go of what I want in order to serve the Lord. It's a challenge every single day. But do we get stuck in vice? Okay, that's evil, those are evil habits. Or do we try to work towards the virtue part, which are good habits? So if we wanna get away from sin, we have to create a different habit, a different holy habit. So let's talk about selfishness, that's the vice. How do I work on generosity? Because that's that's what I wanna be known for. And the more I work on the generosity, the virtue part, I'm less likely to be pulled back into the temptation of doing what is selfish. So it's a work in progress, but we've got to put our mind to it. That's why we come together every Sunday. That's why I'm glad everybody's here, because we all need to hear it together and work with one another on our lives as children of God. We can't do it alone. We need to be reminded who we are. So the more we work on the virtue, the more, the more we ask for God's help, he gives us the graces we need so that we can do even more. So we have the story of Zacchaeus. He's a really, really good example of someone who's trying to be virtuous. I mean, what a perfect example. I'm gonna throw it out to you as a challenge. So what did he do? Everybody pointed to him that he was a sinner because he was a Jewish and a tax collector working with the Romans. Okay, but Jesus didn't say, you're a bad sinner, I'm not coming to you. Basically, Jesus went to him because that's why Jesus came, for all of us who are sinners, not for the healthy. I know there are many of those in the world, but so he goes to Zacchaeus, goes to his house, and what does Zacchaeus say? Okay, this is the person who wants to be virtuous. He says, I give half of all my possessions away. How many of us do that? He really wants to work on generosity, the virtue of love, of charity. So he's working to move away from sin by working at generosity. Now we can do it too. Zacchaeus was not a special person, and neither are we, but we all have the love of God to do that. So he says, I give half of my possessions to those in need. Secondly, if I have defrauded anybody, I will pay them back four times the amount of the fraud. Four times. He could have just given the the basic back, but he didn't. Why? Was he stupid? Was he out in outer space, or did he really get it? Did he get it that sin was something he did not want to do, he wanted to avoid it, and he knew that by working on the virtues, he would be pulled away from the temptation to sin. So he's a really good example of the type of person we need to be and are called to be. Not to keep stepping back and saying, I can't do that, or Jesus, if I did that, uh, what would happen to me? Or uh, that's, that's the fearful, stinking thinking of the person who doesn't know Jesus Christ. The person who knows Christ says, I can do anything with the help of the Lord, anything. I can take all my possessions and give them away and not worry about it. Now, of course, in our day and age, we think, geez, someone does that. Are they off their rocker? But indeed not, if indeed it's about Jesus Christ. So we all have been baptized into his life. We don't belong to ourselves. He owns us. And we come together on Sunday to remember that and celebrate it. And to ask ourselves, where are we on our journey? What do I need to work on? You know, pick one vice, any vice that you seem to be falling into. What's the opposite of it? What would it look like for you to practice it? I mean, concretely practice it, not just think about it up here, but actually do something that would express that virtue, then keep practicing it. Then try another one, keep practicing it because that is the life of Christianity. And again, and I can't say this enough, this is again why I'm so thrilled, I'm sure Sister Sheila is too, thrilled that we're all here today. We're all here young and old because we're all in the same boat. I can't do it without you. You can't do it without me. We are a community of believers. Uh, Again, the world says, hey, go your own way. No, no, that's not Jesus Christ. That's not the church. That's the way of the world, which really doesn't care about what God wants, but what individuals want. Again, we can't do it alone. We are here together to stand up for it and say, this is the way we wanna go. So again, keep thinking, you wanna go to heaven? I certainly do. Do I sin? I do, you know, today I'm gonna try harder not to work on the virtues that I have to work on. Uh, When I sin, I do go to confession. I regularly go to confession. And I know some people think, um, what will he think of me if I say this? Uh, I've heard everything, (laughs) believe me. I've heard everything. And I will also tell you this in all honesty, I think most priests love hearing confessions because we get more out of it than the person who's confessing the sins. Because when that person comes in humility, they are showing to us what is humility. That's a great grace. So, you know, don't worry about, you know, what the sin is. Get it off your chest, get it out of your life. Because, again, in the Old Testament, we're told that when we confess our sins, God takes them and puts them behind Him because He's not going to remind us about them. Isn't that great? He could. You could say, well, there you go again. That's not God. Who who says that? Satan. Satan's the one that says that. Oh, don't you remember how you fell? Uh Uh-huh. But all we have to do is get behind me, Satan. And we have to remind Satan where he's going at the end of the world. So God has given us everything we need to thrive. And we are a holy people, meaning... God has taken us and set us apart to do his work. We all got work to do. Again, young and old, doesn't matter. We're called not only to grow in holiness, but to tell other people the story of how our original parents sinned, broke up the world, brought poison into the world. Jesus came, took it away, so that we never have to sin and can thrive and flourish as his children. And again, I I say this often because I think it's a real challenge in our world today. Jesus says, sky's the limit in doing anything in his name, even raising the dead. We could raise the dead if we truly had the faith and there was the need for that. So any one of us, so don't think, you know, I couldn't do that. Well, maybe if God's calling you to do that, you can do it. But we need to surprise ourselves because we really do have the love of God. We have the sanctifying grace from God so that we can say to sin, get out of here. Look at the vice and say, that's where I wanna go. That's who I wanna be. So again, we're all in it together. We need one another. We need to come together every weekend to remember that and to kind of question ourselves, congratulate others when they do great things, virtuous things, so that we're not alone in it. So we know together we're walking as a family, the family of God. So God has great things in store for us if we want. He wants us to flourish if we want, but as always, it's up to us. But it started in baptism. If there are some roadblocks, talk to me about it. Talk to Sister Sheila, go to confession, talk to a friend, because that's what families do. We care for one another so that we can be known as a community that, yes, we do sin, but we acknowledge it, we reject it, we ask for forgiveness, and then we continue on as the children of God, bringing this good news that we're celebrating right now to other people, people who are are in concrete with their sins and need someone to chisel that concrete away so they can be free. And that's what God wants for all of us, to be truly free, on fire with our faith, so that we can do his work, and we can. So as we continue our Eucharist, remember, you're going to, as you receive the body of Christ, that is divine food, there is nothing more powerful. And it nourishes us so that when we go out into the world, we have some more strength. We have that nutrition we need so that we can say, in a better way, no to sin and yes to God. So again, it's always no to sin, yes to God, so we can thrive and flourish as his children.